0: Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. And in this episode, we we need to have a little disclaimer, first of all. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you may have noticed, the title of the episode is Virtual Sexuality and Linked to Dreams. I believe we're going to handle this topic in a fairly clinical and fun manner. We're not... A uh,
0: dignified manner, we
1: hope. We're a dignified podcast. um, We hope. Cloaca jokes aside. But I know we have a lot of younger listeners out there, so, you know, just for...
0: And parents, too, maybe listening along. So we just wanted to give you a heads up. Yeah. We're going to try to be delicate when we talk about virtual sex today, but um, there may be times that you wince, so just know that if you don't want anything that you want your kid to hear, then, then... Sadly, you may want to, uh, I don't know, listen and bleep out things.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, just, just putting it out there. And I think the next logical step would be to make the case for why discuss this at all. Yeah. Because it, some people might think, "Well, oh, virtual, set, it just, it's, it's kind of silly, or it's just needless, right? Or it's this sort of side column, this side effect to technological advancement.
0: Okay. Well, we, we uh, recently recorded a podcast on the Seven Deadly Sins, Lust, right? right. And we talked about the Lust Economy. And we talked about how it is something that is just, um, blooming in our, in our current culture that is so dependent on internet and other technologies, right? Right. It has brought basically porn to our door in, in every single way that it can.
1: Right. I mean, you know, we were talking about the satyrs in that episode, the oversexed goat men Mm -hmm. um, of of ancient Greece that found their ways in some of the most marvelous artistic creations of the time. Mm -hmm. If you've ever taken, uh, especially if you've taken like a a child, like a niece and nephew to an art museum, you're probably even more aware of, oh, there's a lot of of sexuality in uh, in some of our greatest works of art. Yeah.
0: Don't look too closely at the Greek pottery. Right. Right. Or do.
1: Yeah. So all of our great artistic achievements, uh, sexuality and lust, have been along for the ride. And the same is, is true of technology. Not only technology, but just pretty much anything technological, cultural, artistic, because we had poetry. And out of that rises pornography. We invented the telephone. Mm-hmm. So suddenly, you know, two people can talk across vast distances, but you can also have a uh, call into a sex hotline. Vulcanization, responsible for so many rubber products, including the modern condom. The, the list goes on. You you name it. Virtually any kind of technology, especially, you're going to find at least some attempts to turn it into sex or war. Like those, are, those seem to be our big interest. And uh, the, the sexual side tends to be a little better for everybody.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know that you could say that all of language is predicated on sex, but if you say that one of the, the things that humans uh, are trying to drive toward is, is sexual coupling for one reason or another, mm-hmm. language is pretty important in uh, communicating that, right? Right. So it would make sense that in this day and age, with all that we have available to us, in the ways that we communicate with one another, that virtual sex would show up on the scene uh, sooner or later and really start to play a role in our relationships or not our relationships, right?
1: So, what is virtual sex, right? Yeah. Looking at it, I tend to find it to fall into two categories, right? You have uh, one form, which is basically sexual communication with another person. This can be something as simple as sexting, where individuals are sending uh, text messages that are merely sexy mm-hmm. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Sex chat rooms, webcam-aided cyber sex. Uh, situations where it, it's, it's about one person connecting with another, and uh, there may be varying levels of uh, illusion between them. Some right. technological, some just due to a lack of a full sensory experience. Yes. I can't Soli- see.
0: Solitary yeah. sexual acts that are connected via technology.
1: And, and as we're looking into the future, too, of what uh, what virtual sexuality consists of in these situations, it's very much the idea of computer-mediated communication. Mm-hmm. So the computers are aiding us in an attempt to communicate with one another, but it's a sexual communication that is generally more of a like an emotional and or physical link. Uh, But then there's a second type of virtual sex, and that would be sexual interaction with a simulation. Mm -hmm. Interacting with some sort of sexual video game or some sort of a simulated experience.
0: In other words, the flesh and blood person is not there, but you're trying to simulate that experience.
1: Right. You're interacting with with a fantasy or an idea.
0: All right. So let's talk about some of the technology behind this. Yes. And I'm talking about the haptic love glove.
1: Right, right. Because... We have these five senses, right? And, of course, uh, sound, that's a pretty easy one to, to to get a hold of. We have a fantastic ability to transmit sound via mm-hmm. the Internet. Visuals, that's pretty far along, too. It has uh, some ways to go, but we have a wonderful webcam set up around the world. And computer graphics are reaching the point where uh, a virtual setting is more and more possible. Mm-hmm. But then how are you going to feel things, right? Right. And this is where you get into haptic computer technology. And, again, this is something where it's not just people sitting around saying, I wonder if there's a way to feel up a centaur in a video game. Like, <laughs> like, like it's, it yeah. goes beyond that because uh, I think we've discussed the importance of telecommunications in, say, surgery or mm-hmm. robotic exploration. We want to be able to manipulate a robotic arm on the other side of the world, that's maybe reaching around in somebody's abdomen, performing a delicate surgery, mm-hmm. or manipulate that arm uh, on a space probe as it paws around on another planet. Uh, like we, the, the more control we have, the better. And that's where right. you get into uh, some of this haptic technology, which is how do I, by the aid of like a glove or some sort of neural uh, link, how am I able to really get the sense of of touching something in a virtual setting?
0: Right. So, I mean, it, the foundation for haptic technology is steeped in science, right, whether or not right. it's medical, um, space exploration, or military applications, right? right?
1: So Yeah, military is another one. Yes. i am I going to punch somebody in a virtual environment, right?
0: Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: But then it falls into all these other non-sexual categories, too, like just pure entertainment, some sort of like video game experience where you're not just pawing around with this dummy hand, but you're actually able to reach out and grab things and touch things and manipulate things and maybe even feel them. That's another thing about uh, touch and feel is that it's a less understood sense uh, compared to things like sight and sound.
0: Right, right. And you're right, it's far more nuanced, and certainly with haptic technology, they're they're could be improvements uh, made and maybe this uh, is actually going to be the impetus for that, who knows but I think what's interesting about this is that uh haptic technology for the use of virtual sex is just a testament to humans and their creativity, right? They're looking at this and saying, hmm, how else could we use this? Right. Um, and how else we,
1: could I make money on it?
0: Yeah, yeah. right, right. Our yeah. entrepreneurial spirits. But when we talk about haptic technology, we should probably just talk about what we mean by that, right? So let's say you have a pair of haptic gloves. You insert your hands in them, right? Mm-hmm. And these are outfitted with data transmitters. And these gloves allow the user to not only control, but actually feel virtual items. And I believe in your article about virtual sex, you have a great photo of someone who's got their hands in one of the gloves. And they're trying to feel the skin of, I believe it's a dinosaur, right? Right. Virtual dinosaur.
1: Yeah. Another example. And I don't think this was in, this was maybe a different article. I think the Dirty Robot Jobs article. But there's this thing they have called the haptic cow. That aids veterinarians and veterinarian students specifically, mainly in the U.K., in uh, how to feel around inside of a cow. Because when you're checking on how uh, a cow's rear plumbing is working mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know... and uh, You don't
0: really want to do it. You really don't want to insert your own hand.
1: No, no, no. You, well, <laughs> I'm listen, just kidding. Well, I mean... You, you're going to have to insert your hand into eventually. the back of a cow eventually. eventually. Apparently, uh, like before this was around, it's like the options were pretty limited on mm-hmm. how you practice because yeah. yeah, you can't just go out and stick a an arm in a cow every time you need a beginner training. But you need to know where everything is, mm-hmm. and uh, like some of the descriptions I ran across of the old way, it was it was kind of like the um, you know the the game at Halloween where you wear the blindfold and you said you're touching reach yeah. over here you're touching a bowl of eyeballs and this is brains <laughs> like you were basically reaching into something and then you would feel like a very uh, vague approximation mm-hmm. of this organ and then this organ and then this organ with the haptic technology the idea is let's create a false cow rear mm-hmm. that you can you can reach your hand in and actually uh, have a haptic experience with the virtual inside
0: so you can get a blueprint in your own brain yeah. so that you might, you actually do it you're you know what you're looking for right it seems a lot more humane as well. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the basis of haptic technology, which is being used uh, with virtual sex, right? We should obviously mention. So yes. yep. what you know, I don't think that we probably need to spell it out, but if you have the ability to digitize and transmit sense data, then you might be able to feel what it would be like to touch another human using these gloves, right? Right. I say human in the air quotes, right?
1: Right. It could be anything, or it's or it's just a you know virtual simulation of. Some idealized. It'd be
0: something you created, a like human, a, yeah. a human, like, working a centaur. alien yeah, yeah. centaur, yeah, whatever. Can, the Fiji mermaid.
1: And there are actually some people who have, uh, have already been toying around with the Kinect, which is the movement-based uh, interface for uh, the Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. Some people have, uh, have you know hacked that and are using the technology for various applications. And there are people who are working on sexual games where you would uh, yeah. use the Kinect to say reach out and touch the Fiji mermaid.
0: Yeah, isn't there something called, I don't know how you pronounce this, Thrix, uh, T-H-R-I, the triple X. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a 3D sex game. It is compatible with Xbox uh, Connect, so again, users can touch, air quotes, the models in the game. They're talking about it sort of like Second Life, you can translate anonymous online animated sexcapades into virtual life with 3D graphics and customized fantasy avatars. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And you also have something called, uh, again, when we when we talk about some of these, it might seem like, oh, yes, this is just the hug shirt that you're talking about on Xbox. We're talking about sort of taking it to that nth degree. So when we talk about yes. this next thing, the hug shirt, think about the possibilities in terms of sexually communicating data to yourself.
1: Yeah, this is an idea that comes to us from a U.K. company by the name of Cute Circuit. It solves that question, like, what if you want to send somebody a hug? And I think we mentioned this in the hug episode. Say you want to hug somebody, but you don't want to actually physically touch them or Mm -hmm. you cannot physically touch them. How can you send that hug to them in a way that's not just like an XOXO on a text? The answer is, what if they had a garment that had an internal structure that can deliver a hug Mm -hmm. and then you could trigger that hug and also to some degree control the type of hug, the degree of the hug remotely via Bluetooth?
0: Well, and then what if you turn that hug shirt into a unitard? (laughs) (laughs) which just sounds sexy all over. Yes. And then you had the sensors strategically placed in areas that might stimulate a sexual reaction, right? I'm just taking it to the nth degree. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, No, obviously.
0: I mean, the hug shirt itself is like a really, like a great, sweet thing to, but I'm, you know, making it dirty. And actually, I think that there may have been a listener who told us about the hug shirt. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. That's,
1: that's how we, maybe that's We didn't actually mention it in the HUG mm-hmm. podcast and then somebody said, hey, how could you not mention the HUG shirt? And, uh, and, and true, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, then there's a, there's another area of, um, technological tinkering that is roughly referred to as telediltonics.
0: Yeah.
1: Which, uh, that's it,
0: subtle, isn't it?
1: Due to its lack in subtlety, we don't even really have to go into it a lot other than basically some sort of interface that plugs into your computer. That allows somebody elsewhere on the world wide web to stimulate you. Be it a, uh, you know, a, some sort of wearable item or, you know, some, what I'm trying to say is it's an accessory that plugs into (laughs) your computer. Somebody else activates that device and it can stimulate somebody sexually. So it's, um, it's attempting to, to, it's the hug shirt on a different level. I'm, I'm struggling to,
0: you know what? This is just like becoming like the most awkward podcast ever. I mean, we have discussed, uh, semen collecting robots. We've mm-hmm. talked about the choicobot. well. That was a medical
1: robot. Well, and then that and then that was art.
0: And this, this, this is bringing us to our knees, so to speak. Oh my God! It's getting. I can't. Well, okay.
1: It's. Um. I guess that's the thing. Is that the, the other things that you mentioned, like the cloigabot is an artistic creation. the mm-hmm. um, Sperm collecting robot, for all its absurdity, has its roots in something medical. And something like teledildonics is basic. I mean, just by the very name, they're, mm-hmm. they're not even trying to, to sugarcoat it with, with anything else. But it does fit into this larger picture of how do we create a full sensory experience in a virtual world? How could we possibly fully communicate with somebody who's, say, on the other side of the world? Or say it's traveling in space. Like imagine a situation where a husband and wife yeah. are separated, say for the better part of a year, due to conflicting working situations, or a situation where one of the individuals is on an interplanetary journey. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for them to be able to call and have a conversation. But what if they could connect in, in a physical manner and, and express their affection physically? Like, this is the kind of technology you'd need.
0: Okay, well, now, know? see, now that's more romantic and right. nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, this would be the technology as, as awkward or weird as it may seem. And this is, you know, the viewpoint from this year, right, 2012. But mm-hmm. who knows what that's going to look like. 2030 or 2040 or 2050, it may be just as as normal as any other sort of technology that we use. That being said, I still feel like there's a rudimentary aspect to it, right, because it's still fairly new, and I'm thinking about real touch. Again, I am going to use a euphemism here that I've used in the past. Okay. This is a device that's made for man's frank and beans. Okay. Okay. It is a sort of uh, haptic hot dog bun that the frank and the beans, or maybe just the frank goes into, mm-hmm. although not quite haptic, right, because it's not quite uh, that advanced but it connects to this device com- connects to a computer and it synchronizes in real time to online porn and it works in tandem to i guess you could say the plot line of this okay. of okay. the porn yeah. right? and all laugh. And the device warms itself up it lubricates it pulses and it grips So Yes, in, in the future, possibilities well, the... Of, of romantic connections, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the best intention ways. But this is this is the, the hardware we have right now.
1: Well, it, it's similar to the sperm-flexing robot in terms of the technology, because that yeah. had various manipulating devices inside it. It's, it's interesting, we are discussing, like, we're, we're basically talking about a computer interface sex toy for, for, for men here. And it's very much a giggly kind of taboo thing, uh, really in the, in the US, mm-hmm. to a large extent elsewhere as well. Um, I was reading something recently on a campaign in Japan to sort of remove the stigma from such devices, uh, particularly as it pertains to one particular brand of the device. Right. That they're trying to market. But they made a good case for it, like making the, the point that, you know, you're, you're having this growing divide in Japan. Between the sexes, mm-hmm. you, and you have in any culture, you're going to have individuals that sort of are outside of the norms of relationships, you mm-hmm. know. And they have they have needs, they have physical desires that can't necessarily be met uh, in their daily life. So, to what extent can technology help them? And well, is that really that weird or dirty a thing?
0: Well, you know? and, and and that's a country that really embraces technology wholeheartedly, so mm-hmm. it makes sense. However, I do think it's kind of interesting because it's a very reserved culture. Yeah. But that, maybe that's some of the, the friction that's coming up there, right, yeah. um, is that if you're going to embrace it wholeheartedly, you ought to do so. And, you know, that is a younger generation coming up, too, that's much more comfortable with the terms of that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think is really interesting about this that's far more abstracted is something called the orgasmatron, which we've talked about yes.
1: before. And this is the idea that you don't even need, say, some sort of weird funky glove to slip your stuff into or some sort of fancy, uh, touch-sensitive pants. Or
0: porn to look at.
1: Right. Basically, you circumvent all of that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Dr. Stuart Malloy, again, we've talked about him before, but he was working on a device to alleviate chronic pain when he realized that it was sexually stimulating his female patients. And uh, again, lo and behold, whoa, this application could be used for something else. He nicknamed it the orgasmatron. Barbarella. And Barbarella, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should mention that. Uh, Jane Fonda, starring as Barbarella. And the device is actually a small box with two small wires that, uh, like an epidural, run under the skin and attach to the spinal cord. And it sends an electrical pulse through nerves in the spinal cord, which relays the message to the part of the brain that processes orgasmic sensations and genitalia, like, hey, it's go time. Yeah. You don't even really need to think in order to have an orgasm with this device. You just press the button. Hmm. And uh, that is uh, going to be going at the low, low cost of $12,000, by the way.
1: It's interesting, though, because subsequent experimentation that he's done with this device, they've been able to stir uh, orgasms in, in women that had severe blocks to achieving it otherwise, right?
0: Yeah, 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 that's true. Uh, women who had never been able to achieve an orgasm before were mm-hmm. able to achieve it with this. So, I mean, there you go. That's, uh, <laughs> but you can see quite an advertisement for it.
1: Right, but, it, but you can see where it really opens the door for the possibilities of uh, sexual communication, you know, in a virtual sense in the immediate and far future. Right. The idea that it wouldn't even you wouldn't even have some sort of weird body glove you have to slip into. It could be something that is uh, is connecting directly uh, into your brains, into your, your your nervous system. But we should probably mention some of the other synths real quick. Yeah, uh, and uh, we don't spend a lot of time with these. Uh, we 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 really talked about smell, uh, printable odors mm-hmm. in uh, in a previous episode, and a lot of those same technologies apply here. Means by which you could print a smell, you could use a certain palette of uh, of basic smells and use those to build specific smells.
0: So, and again, that's in an attempt to build this virtual uh, sexual reality for someone, right? right? So you could create more of a, I, I guess a. Um a background for your sexual experience by uploading some smells.
1: And, and of course, uh, smell uh, has a huge influence on the way we taste things. Mm-hmm. There have been uh, some virtual reality studies that have gone into the creation of, uh, of devices that would allow you to, say, taste uh, food that you're chewing and sort of feel chewing food to a certain degree, which obviously would have an impact on attempts to create a you know a virtual sexual environment as well. Mm-hmm. Likewise, you have the kiss transmitter, another product of Japanese innovation. Uh, I think I described before as being like a joystick that goes in your mouth mm-hmm. and then you can sort of move it around to transmit a kiss through the Internet. Ah, uh, its current incarnation. It's you know, it's it's pretty crude design-wise. It's pretty basic, but that's what it's like when you're blazing new trails. That's right. Yeah. You're
0: making out with a joystick, but yeah, I mean, this again, this is stuff that's uh, cutting edge right now. But it seems rudimentary.
1: One thing that also really wild me about all this is the uh, the idea of cross modal attention effects, which is the idea that okay, think back to like if if you can think back to say you know your first kiss or something or so, something of a sensual nature. Or or even it doesn't have to be sensual, just something of a memorable nature. You you may really remember what the first kiss felt like, you may really remember what the smell of the other individual's hair or something of that mm-hmm. nature, but you might not remember what the um, you know, the couch felt like you know, or, or what was playing on the TV or, you know, that kind of thing. Because this is the
0: sense data that's just not important to you at that moment?
1: Right. But Like, our brains don't really work in full-on 100% 360 HD. Mm-hmm. Some things are going to get all of our attention. Some things are going to get a little bit of our attention, and some things are going to get none of our attention. So you don't have to worry about having to create this, like, totally full-on 3D, super-high-graphics virtual environment. Instead, you focus on the areas that are being focused on, the, p- the parts that are important to the experience. Mm-hmm. And, and so you don't have to worry about every every aspect of this simulated sense environment really cranking up to 11.
0: Okay. So this is what you're talking about in your article. The researchers at the University of York's audio laboratory working to toward this cross-modal sort of situation where you have some things that are amped up and some things that are amped down. And to that end, they are considering a mouthpiece, right, yes. to simulate different textures against the tongue and mouth. Yes,
1: this is uh, yeah, this is what I referred to earlier. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And this is the thing that cracks me up. And I, I believe you even put it in air quotes at some point in the article. Uh, this is virtual food chewing re- research, right? <laughs> food chewing.
1: Because you know, there's going to be a huge uh, opportunity for virtual restaurants in the future,
0: right? Because yeah. everybody wants to virtually chew their food <laughs> so that's what this application is yeah. uh, purportedly for right which again is kind of a wink wink nudge nudge obviously it's going to be used for for other purposes in virtual sex
1: well you know i make fun of it but then i i have to think on two counts one it would be kind of nice i guess you know if you want to experience say some horrible fatty food or uh, or some sort of em- environmentally unsustainable food in the future, or say, in the if we're looking, you know, at, at a future in which some of our our current foods have ceased to be around, like what if we're looking at an age when bananas aren't a possibility anymore?
0: Or maybe you're just feeling dangerous and you want to like check out cannibalism in a safe place. Could be like a virtual cannibal. Well,
1: that's that's an entirely separate uh, can of worms. But but even like in something like uh, the video game Skyrim, which is the Elder Scrolls game where you're in this big sandbox virtual environment, there's food in there, and when you eat the food, your character is healed. And it's largely a game about like slaying dragons and killing trolls and whatnot. And, and and I've been toying with it a little bit, but you still find yourself saying, "Hmm, I wonder if my character should grab that grilled salmon, or if he should grab the bread, or or there's like goat cheese." And I, f- I found that I was having my character grab more of the goat cheese than the other foods, even though he's I, I, I get nothing <laughs> out of eating it.
0: All right, so it was enhancing your experience.
1: Well, just the idea of it was enhancing my experience. So I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure exactly how that relates to the possible of chewing the food virtually in a game. Well, and who knows? No. So
0: we've talked about nanotechnology, and maybe there'll be nanonutrients that just that's that right cause us to just quit. Eating food all because we get everything delivered to us. So maybe That's it'll a be fabulous some sort idea. Of, yeah, it's some sort of like yeah. you know yearning for yesteryear when you remember you used to chew food, right? Because obviously,
1: the, the huge pitfall to chewing your food virtually is you're you're still nothing's going to wind up in your belly. No, but but maybe it does. You have nanites down there that are taking care of it. I don't know.
0: No, no. All right, so we should probably take a break. Yes, but when we get back. We're going to talk about Travel Lodge and what it has to do. The Travel Lodge, yeah, the the hotel motel, right?
1: Yes, and this is some amazing stuff that's coming up, so stick with it.
0: Yeah, what does it it have to do with virtual sex? Mm,
1: A lot. All right, we're back, and uh, we're looking into the far future. Of uh, Well, uh, supposedly of sleeping in a hotel, mm-hmm. courtesy of Dr. Ian Pearson, in a report that was commissioned by Travelodge, of all people, in June of 2011.
0: All right, yeah, let's talk about the chops this guy. I mean, he's not just a futurologist. He has his maths and physics graduate degree, and he's worked in numerous branches of engineering from aeronautics to cybernetics, sustainable transport to electronic cosmetics. His inventions include text messaging, Okay, no no little feet there right yeah. and the active contact lens which we'll talk about in a moment so this guy has chops right he knows what he's talking about and travel Lodge commissioned him to create a report of what the future of sleep wink wink nudge nudge looks like in 2030
1: yes and I'll be sure to put up a link to a PDF of this so you can you can read it for yourself on the uh, the blog post accompanying this because uh, there's some fabulous illustrations that go with it uh, <laughs> That, uh, and, and work safe illustrations. Um, they that, actually yeah. are,
0: and they kind of even look like the illustrations you would find, like at the the back of the card on an airplane.
1: It does look like how to exit the airplane, yeah, of yeah, but
0: which th- makes it even better.
1: Yeah, and the, because the, the thing is, this guy didn't, uh, Pearson didn't set out to say, I'm gonna write about the future of, of virtual sex or shared sexy dreams, you know, or, or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Like, he's basically looking at, like, what, you know, g- given the current state of technology and where technology seems to be going, what, Conceivably is the state of technologically aided sleep in the year two thousand and thirty, and this is just the guy to answer it because in the in the same way that the authors of the 1960 s paper on cyborgs mm-hmm. that we mentioned in the werewolf principle episode the same way those guys were like looking at uh, cybernetics and really making some some seemingly crazy but but really big predictions about where cybernetics could lead. Mm-hmm. Pearson's doing the same thing, except with sleep and with virtual reality and dream technology. And, I mean, it's phenomenal to, to read about because he's not holding on to too much nostalgia about where we are now. No. He's not a small dreamer. This guy is a big dreamer, and he's amazing.
0: Well, and I was even thinking, too, that it reminds me of De Gray, Uh, the uh, biogerontologist whom we've talked about several times who is interested in extending life and thinks that we can do so um, on many different levels if we can catch disease before it really sort of blooms and takes over our bodies and and saying, like, these are practical things that we can actually do because we've got the technology. Mm -hmm. Same sort of thing here with Pearson and saying, here's the technology that we have developed. Let's see what it looks like. In a travel lodge setting.
1: Some of it has to do with, say, the way the TVs work and the way you can, like, you know, pull up maps in your room. Uh, other yeah. st- stuff is, is related to, like, what do you want your room to look like? Yeah. Can you push a button and make it look like your, your, your bedroom at home?
0: Yeah. For instance, they've got one that's supposed to be for the ladies and it's a mirror that would show you what your after would look like after you put on your makeup. So you, it <laughs> uploads, a, I guess, a photo of yourself with makeup on so that when you're applying your makeup, you know what the, the after is going to look like wow. so it's a little bit silly but it's basically just a, a showcase for technology wow
1: I, I love that what happens if a, if someone else looks into it what happens if you have a dog or a cat with you and I don't know heard? what
0: happens like if, do- if you upload like Dolly Parton does it just go oh, that's, <laughs> can't, like can't compute like that's it. you know that's what I could see if I were Dolly Parton I probably would want to do that because that's a lot of makeup okay. but, and I love Dolly that's no slight against her
1: oh she's a great artist and then in other areas, it gets a, it's a little more uh, in line with what we're talking about in this podcast. For instance, there's the auto-massage de-stress pillows. Yes. Which, which are pretty great. And the, the illustrations that go with it also paint the picture of couples that have this distance between them, uh, a geographical distance. So one mm-hmm. is in a hotel room and one is in the, the bed at home. How can we bring these two together?
0: Yeah, okay. So let me give you a quick overview. I mean, he's basically saying that people, and we'll talk more specifically about it, but mm-hmm. people will be able to wear lenses to change the way their partner looks while making love Without their knowledge, right? So they beam, not only do they are like changing
1: their appearance without their knowledge. Right, right. Clients love.
0: will be able to beam their virtual partners into bed while making love remotely. Okay. Okay. And hotel sheets and sleepwear are being designed with special fibers that produce sensory responses, allowing clients to feel, you know, air quotes, the sensations of sex.
1: Like, this is the ultimate in sexy pajamas. These are technologically intensified sexual pajamas.
0: Yeah. I mean, on one level, it's like augmented love making right so if you actually have another human with you um you could use these um, active contact lens to change the way that they appear to you right Mm -hmm. which again this borders on like how much of this is weird and how much of this are we already doing to some degree right because there are a variety of different ways that people can present themselves uh, for sexual activity that is augmenting the reality
1: Right, the really far future end of the spectrum. He even talks about couples being able to, to benefit from the ability to link their nervous systems via active skin electronics during the lovemaking so that you would be able to feel what the other individual is feeling at mm-hmm. the same time you're feeling what you're feeling.
0: That's an enhancement.
1: That is, that is quite an enhancement. I feel like I've, I've read probably some, some Richard K. Morgan that involves some of that. Yeah. But, like, on that far end of the spectrum, using some of this very technology that we've been talking about, the ability to actually go beyond uh, the flesh and connect uh, more directly with the nervous system and the brain mm-hmm. as far as sensual pleasure goes.
0: And also, too, just to, to talk a little bit more about those active lenses, we're talking about delivering high quality 3D images directly onto the retina. Um, and you can, I mean, they, they're they worn under the eyelids, right? But you can do this while you're even sleeping, which is yeah. kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, active contact lenses, they. Would have electronics, sensors, and communication cap- capabilities all embedded in the lens itself. Mm-hmm. This is something that, like a lot of this technology, it would have a lot of applications: virtuality, medicine, you name it. But inevitably, uh, sexuality as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially when you're talking about sleepwear mm-hmm. that uh, you know has fibers that can create different sensations for you. We talk about a massaging pillow. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's pretty much spelling out virtual sex or enhanced sex.
1: For starters, like active contacts uh, of this nature, they'd be able to detect when you're dreaming, Mm -hmm. inform you that you're dreaming, and allow you to to dream lucidly.
0: Mm -hmm. Also, just to bring up the sheets, too, that's something that could also interact with other media uh so tv radio web based media games so again we've talked about the uh, ability to have uh, sexual video games so just imagine plugging that up to to your xbox as well and participating in that way. But let's talk about dreams, because that's just yeah, this, this was, is where it gets really very odd.
1: And I love the idea that Travel Lodge commissioned this guy to tell them what sleeping in a hotel room in twenty thirty would consist of. His answer involves linked dreaming. Mm-hmm. The idea that uh, you know, conceivably in the hotel room itself or across distances with one member of a couple here and one member of the couple in another city, that they would be able to share the same or very similar dream experience.
0: Mm-hmm. And that you could help to craft that dream experience, right? Because you're also talking about manipulating this room to the degree that you get certain smells that would evoke certain memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you're, you're clad in sleepwear that is possibly stimulating your genitals right and you've you've got a your lover beamed into your room right so
1: which you can without their knowing then change the way they look (laughs) yeah yeah or
0: if they're there too you could change the way that they look um so it stands to reason that you could now plug into the the dream landscape and again it's this at what point does it become augmented uh sexual experience as opposed to a sexual experience you're already having because dreams already given their nature are virtual right yeah um, but what I a wonder, sexual dream, what is. I wonder
1: about the dream and, and we, I mean, we could get more into the technology that enables this like like to some degree he's talking about just you're dreaming and you're listening to the same music and you're aware that it's a dream and there are you know some some other sense uh, there's some other sense data thrown in there as well but and then in other cases it's more of like a neural linkage kind of thing and he's mm-hmm. talking about the ability to to play back dreams record dreams and yeah. all this but I wonder, like, you hear people talk about lucid dreaming, and generally the, you don't hear people say, and then I realized I was dreaming and I had a bunch of sex. Th- they tend to say, and then I realized I was dreaming and I was a thousand feet tall and pushing over buildings, or I, I realized I was dreaming and the world fell away and I was flying, or mm-hmm. I turned into light. All my, uh, my problems were, were defeatable. Like this, like it tends to, the accounts I've heard of lucid dreaming tend to be a lot bigger mm-hmm. than sexuality, so I, I don't feel like we'll know exactly what it will be like until we're we're there. you know what exactly a fraudense person a a joint lucid dreaming situation would be like,
0: yeah, I mean, who knows I, I you I think that most of these technologies will come to fruition. It's something like that that is harder to understand and harder i think to manipulate right to really be able to predict what you know whether or not we could be coupling with each other intentionally in dreams. But you make a good point. There's already this aspect to dreams called lucid dreaming, mm-hmm. which allows the individual to do that. And you're also right that in your typical, like, water-cooler conversation, people don't normally say, man, I had the best lucid sex dream last night. Right. Yeah.
1: But that being, that being said, I mean, I, A, I love where this guy's brain is going with this. Mm-hmm. But then B, I mean, maybe that would be even bigger than that. Like, maybe it would have some sort of sexual nature to it, but imagine like a situation where, where two people in love are sharing the same dream unbound by physics feeling what each other is feeling. I mean, it, it's, it's beautiful. Like it's, uh, it's, it's it's kind of like It's a,
0: beautiful, but is it the same sort of situation where you get looped into this dopamine vortex of just chasing the, the dream of the thing rather than dealing yeah, with the maybe. reality?
1: We um, all climb inside our, our little pleasure capsules and then we just stay there. Yeah, I'll yeah, it is the, know, it's take the, the take little pleasure everything.
0: cocoons that right, you never see daylight again. It also reminds me of Until the End of the World um of Vender's film from I think it's like the 80s or early 90s, I can't remember, but it also like it shows the characters Absolutely tied to technology and the past at the same time, because mm-hmm. they're constantly revisiting their dreams from another world. Because it's a post-apocalyptic world that they're in, and they keep going back to their memories because they're getting charged from those. So, I wonder if this is the same sort of thing. We're just going to all be holed up in these tricked-out travel lodges.
1: Again, it's fabulous to think about because it really takes us right up to the edge of of, of what we know about uh, about about humanity and about technology and about uh, about the experience of of being human.
0: Right, or not being human, right? Divorcing ourselves from our humanness, yeah. the animal part of ourselves, which would be the, the, the touch, the yeah. actual, you know, real touch, not the real touch product. Right. Yeah. So there you go. That's a little bit of uh, virtual sex wrapped in a little encasement of... Uh, Awkwardness with a little sprinkle of fleshy joy. Yeah. That was bad. That fleshy joy. I don't know what that is.
1: It sounds like a breakfast cereal some kind, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, again, if you want to explore more about this and you want to see that, that's a really cool article from uh, Dr. Ian Pearson. Uh, check out the blog entry that goes along with this episode and I will try to remember to link to it. And if I forget and I don't link to it, hassle me and I will link to it. For all intents and purposes, you can get in touch with us and find out what our latest blog posts are about at Stuff to Blow Your Mind on Facebook. We update everything there. And then you can also find us on Twitter, where our handle is Blow the Mind.
0: And you can also send us your thoughts on the future of virtual sex by sending us an email at blowtheminddiscovery.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House Work staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow.